Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 640 in the morning Pacific time. Mountain time, it would be 740, 840 Texas time, 940 in Michigan and East Coast time. Thrilled to have you along for the ride. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, but a huge interest in both the health, nutrition, and exercise components of the TR90 program, and um, I've had that huge interest in those parts, well, 40-plus years. I'm I'm just going to throw that out there because ever since I was in high school, I had grandparents that weren't doing health well health-wise, and I knew I didn't want to travel down some of the roads that they had traveled down just because that was kind of how things were back then. So with that being said, if you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and put in T-R-90, and these calls will they back to the beginning when they were first being recorded, which... Now is nine plus years ago. The more recent months, he's actually been putting in the topic as well as who was speaking that particular day. And there's a lot of a wealth of really good information in some of those past calls. And so, you know, if you're stuck for something to do, sometimes. You know, go back and listen to some of the very early ones because, they're, like I said, there's a wealth of information in there. Um, we've had a variety of hosts over the years, and it's interesting to see how we've changed and evolved as time has gone on. With that being said, um, that TR90 program, oh, if you get your apps through or your podcasts through a different service, if you put in Frank and Lomas and put in TR90 or Solutions, the digit for anti-aging, these calls could well pop up as well. Frank says that he's been hearing that they're actually showing up on some of the other podcast services, so we wanted to share that information with you. So that TR90 program, when you are first starting out, is one really good, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a larger person, you probably may need to increase that to four meals with 30 grams of protein or increase the grams of protein per meal. Um, just that's really important a really good thing to do. Um, Taking those supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, and what happens is those supplements, they hit your stomach, they get a chance to um, sort of get ready and be on call as soon as the food starts hitting the stomach. If you can't take it 15 to 20 minutes before your meal, do take it with your meal because it'll work. It's just not quite as effective as if you can take it 15 to 20 minutes prior. Drinking plenty of fluid to stay hydrated. 
And the current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water to stay hydrated. Um, Water hydration does a myriad of different things from helping you sleep to helping with digestion to clearing out toxins through your system. And there's just a whole ton of stuff that um, the hydration does. Making sure to get seven to nine hours of rest daily and the better quality sleep that you can get, the, the better off you are. There's some apps to track that. There's Fitbits and Apple Watches um, that will also do that. So, you know, that is something to kind of strive for. Another thing is 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. Really important to get that um, to have the exercise in. That helps your program work that much better. Um, helps reduce those fat cells or shrink them down in size. And it, it's one of the key components to the program. Also making sure to, um, so we've talked about exercise, we've talked about sleep, Seven to nine servings of fruits and vegetables, or seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. You're getting micronutrients with that, macronutrients, good fiber. Um, Joel Furman recommends going the route of G bombs when you're looking at your fruits and vegetables, meaning that G stands for greens, B stands for beans. Um, various different types of beans. O stands for onions. M stands for mushrooms. The second B stands for berries. So that means any type, any type of berries. And the last one, S stands for seeds. So G-Bombs, um, it's an acronym that he uses to stand for those different food items and making sure that you get plenty in each of those categories is a good thing because it actually makes you healthier in the long run because it's got a lot of macro and micronutrients in there. And getting seven to nine hours of rest daily also makes sure that your body has a chance to reset overnight, um, clear out toxins, and really get set up for the day to come. With that being said, I'm always looking for information to share with you that will help support the TR90 lifestyle. And today I'm sharing some information out of a book that is called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It's written by Robert H. Lustig. And Lustig is spelled L-U-S-T-I-G. He's an MD and an MSL, and uh, the next chapter in this is actually titled The Empire, which is in quotation marks, Strikes Back, The Response of the Food Industry. So according to the National Soft Drink Association press release in March of 
March 25th of 2004. Obesity is a complex problem that has many causes and no single easy solution. It is irresponsible and scientifically spurious to single out high fructose corn syrup or any other food or ingredient as the chief cause of obesity. The only effective and lasting ways to combat obesity is to encourage people to live a balanced lifestyle, eating a variety of foods in moderation and incorporating lots of physical activity into their daily lives. Well, as he writes, the next thing is sort of. The high fructose corn syrup and sucrose are, for all intents and purposes, biochemically and metabolically equivalent. But the truth stops there. Both the Sugar Association and the Corn Refiners Association have gone out of their way in attempts to exonerate sugar, whatever the source. They want the public to think a calorie is a calorie, And they want us to believe that fructose and by inference all sugar is just empty calories. But if it were, then sugar would be the same as no better and no worse than any other nutrient. In their view, for a standard sedentary American consuming 2,000 calories per day, approximately 1,800 calories are essential, and essential is in quotation marks, calories in what they are directed to producing lipids as they are directed to producing lipids for cell membranes. Protein for muscles and enzymes and carbohydrates for normal energy metabolism, growth, and repair. This leaves about 200 calories per day as, quote, discretionary calories, unquote which can be spent in any way that we want. And if we exercise, we have the capacity to consume an even higher number of discretionary calories. If we want to use them all on sugar, then we should have the choice to do so. And we do, and then some. And then there's this graph that shows, um, he shows in here, shows the number of calories per day of added sugar eaten by children in different age groups in the United States. The 50th percentile consumes between 320 and 350 calories of sugar per day throughout their lifespan, and the 90th percentile consumes above 600 calories. Even the two- and three-year-olds age group is consuming an average of 180 calories per day in added sugar. We have far exceeded our discretionary calorie limit. In fact, we've left it in our dust. The food industry continues to add more sugar to processed foods because they can, and they know that when they do, we will buy still more. Soft drinks account for one-third of all sugar consumed but other foods that never had sugar before are now busting at the seams from the sugar overload. And think about yogurt and ketchup in particular. And I know it depends on which ketchup and which yogurt, but pretty much 
look, read the labels because sugar pops up within the top five on many of those. So the U.S. sugar glut is a result of more political distortion and behind-the-scenes manipulation than the 2000 Bush-Gore election. We've had a sweet tooth in our consumption of sugar was not a problem until the second half of the 20th century. North America was consistently a sugar deficit area, requiring more imports than exports to meet the growing consumption needs. In chronological order, the events of the past 50 years have escalated the problem to bring us to the premises of our current public health collapse. One, the Cuban Revolution in 1959 and the subsequent assumption of power by Fidel Castro cut off our standard sugar supply. The Bay of Pigs incident in 1961 ended any further dialogue or trade with the Castro regime and we needed a new quote-unquote sugar fix. The second high-fructose corn syrup began to hit our shores in the early 1970s. Initially, the U.S. food industry was somewhat wary of this new product. The eventual introduction of high-fructose corn syrup to the Western diet resulted in stability in the U.S. producer price index for sugar because the cost of high-fructose fructose, excuse me, corn syrup on average is about half of that of sucrose. Number three, President Richard Nixon astutely noted that fluctuating food prices foment political unrest and he directed his Secretary of Agriculture, Earl Rusty Butts, to take food off the table as a political issue. Butts' job was to find a way to make Food cheap. High fructose corn syrup hit the bill and fit the bill, and this was one of the impetuses for developing the corn subsidy as part of the farm bill. Basically, the U.S. government would underwrite the cost of corn even when it costs more to grow than it than to sell it. The low cost of high fructose corn syrup drove down the price of both, making both substances cheap and readily available. Number four, the McGovern Commission edict led to a directed policy on the part of the U.S. Department of Agriculture in the late 1970s to reduce our consumption of dietary fat. So how do you make low-fat taste good? Became the question. Add sugar. High fructose sugar was the cheapest alternative around and homegrown to boot and in the process of switching various processed foods to the low-fat, high-sugar versions, the food industry found that its profits were increasing. And number five, the final nail in our coffin came from the second worst hurricane in our history. Everyone remembers Katrina in 2005. Hurricane Allen in 1980 wiped out the entire Caribbean sugar crop in one fell swoop. Sugar futures skyrocketed from 55 cents a pound to a record for that, which was a record for that era, and more than a dollar per pound 
retail. Coca-Cola, which had been holding out in terms of switching from sucrose to high fructose corn syrup, now saw a shortage of raw sugar ushered in a high fructose corn syrup containing version onto supermarket shelves. And the rest of the food industry quickly followed suit. In the late 1980s, high fructose corn syrup became the most commonly used sweetener in the United States. Currently, 5% of all corn grown in this country is turned into high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is no worse for your health than any other forms of sucrose, though it always is devoid of fiber. However, it's cheap, easy to produce, and readily available. So it is now so it now permeates nearly all of our food and we like it, so we buy more, and while high fructose corn syrup is cheaper to produce than sugar, the prices on various foods containing it has remained the same, if not gotten higher. Check out the price of a box of cereal. A win-win for the food industry. And I think I'm going to stop there because um, the next part of this is actually the food food industry's justification for what they're doing, and we're already probably close to being out of time. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. So this is part of the reason why high fructose corn syrup is really not good for us. <laughs> And if you're looking to build a new skin business, scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live now, and they should be starting here in about a minute or so. We should have Frank up tomorrow, and I'll be back on Thursday. Any questions or comments, anyone? <laughs> a lot of information density in this particular book, and... I just I'm finding it to be a fascinating read for the whys and the wherefores of how the TR90 program has been put together. It makes eminent sense. Closer to the source Thank you, you can get me. with your food, oh. the better. You're welcome. The closer we can get to the source of our food, the better off I think we're going to be. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>